and actually, that's the goal is to pay for what you get right skilled labor isn't cheap and cheap right. labor isn't skilled right plain and simple plain and simple yeah and that's great if you're skilled but if if i'm giving you a 25 percent increase then i want my shit done in half the time i want it to be so smooth that i don't have one headache i don't have one thing that i'm aggravated about i don't want Anything to fucking fall apart or break within the first fucking 20 years. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, and I know what you want, and there are people out there that can do that. Sure. But I don't think... The ironic thing is, is the people that can actually do it and do it well don't charge that much. And the ironic thing is, is they're not out looking for work because people know. Right. And they know quality doesn't matter what you do. Reputa- reputation is everything in this entire world. Yep. Is if people know you're a good person, people know you, you produce a good product and you answer your phone, you will be a successful person at no matter what you do. I tell all my clients all the same thing. Quality people provide a quality service and product. Tip. If you're a quality person, I know for a fact that your quali- your service is going to be quality or your product is going to be quality. If you're a piece of shit, the, the service is going to be shit. Like they just How long does it take you to determine... If someone's a piece of shit or quality. Oh, man. I can 10 to 30 seconds? Can be. Yeah. Can I, be. I, I mean, I'm just, that's typically me. 10 to 30 seconds, I can figure out if a person is good or not. Yeah. I like to give everybody the benefit of the doubt because I'm a business owner. I could be wrong. But typically within the first month of working with somebody, yeah. I'm like, yeah, this isn't going to fucking work out. Yeah. We're not. We're not. See, it's, if just interacting with someone, I, I'm pretty confident typically in my first interaction, just how they, how they, introduce themselves and greet someone whether they're a nice person or not it's pretty quick like after shaking hands with so many people i don't give a fuck if people are nice i give i care if they're good yeah well no i I'm nice and good it, it to me are one and the same and to me to say this is where i get into words yeah nice is not the same thing as good or kind nice is a facade nice is people that go out of their way to put on a friendly face and be polite to your fucking face and then they stab you in the back and fucking gut you okay I'll I'll agree. Yeah. Then I use the wrong word. I I believe that kind people and good people are in a class of their own. The good people are good all the way through. They're they're going to be honest with you. They're going to they're going to give you the hard facts. They're going to tell you like, "Hey, look, I care about you, so I'm going to tell you what you need to hear and I'm going to tell you what's going on." Yeah. Right? Like, "Hey, I they and they take ownership and accountability for their fuck-ups. They go, "Hey, look, I know I said this was going to happen. I fucked up." This is how it happened. I thought I could trust this person. They didn't come through. That's on me. I just want to be honest with you of how it happened. Yeah. Now, here's how we're going to solve it. It's going to take me a little extra time, but this is what we're going to do. Right? Then there's fucking nice people that are like, no, 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 everything's great. Everything's great. It's just sick. It's fine. It's great. We're going to do this. And this is what this was the plan. This was the plan. We're going to do it this way. Yeah. It's the fucking Trump mentality. <laughs> it's true. Like him or not. Yeah. Like, I, like, but, I know, he's, I know, he, but... but he's the guy that. Like, I don't give a, like, again, I don't give a fuck who sits in the White House. It doesn't yeah. affect me that much. No. People that think that the guy that sits in the White House affects them that much is not paying attention to the world. Right. It's the guy that sits at the town hall. Right. <laughs> that's the one that really affects that's your where direct it, life. Right. That's what impacts your direct life. Right. And I think the Senate and the representatives, they <laughs> they have much more effect on your day-to-day because they're coming from your state and they're going there and they're representing you and they have no fucking term limits. So they're just in there doing whatever the fuck they want. It, they're they're it's, just... It, that's one of the most interesting things for what I do is being so involved in politics. When I went to high school, you I would have never guessed in a million years that how involved in politics I would be. Right. And being, you know, in 
having my p- finger on the pulse of what's happening at the Capitol and, you know, knowing the governor by first, you know, him knowing me by first name and having, you know, phone conversations with these people. It's like you would never I would never in a million years expect that. Right. And it's just such a different thing it, that politics is like I was saying today. I just it's not for me. Right. I I don't like I would never run as a politician. I just couldn't do it. I've always said it's like I'd rather be the guy behind the curtain than the one on the stage. Like, I just can't. It, it's not in my personality. I read the comments, right, on Facebook. I was asking one of my friends. Uh, he's a mayor of one of the big cities. I was like, how do you do that? He goes, I don't read the comments. He's like, what? I'm like, no, you just don't look at the comments. You do what you got to do. You keep moving on. He goes, people are always going to say something bad. No, only the people that comment are the ones that have something bad to say. So don't read the comments. And I was like, I get suckered in. And then that, I, I start reading the comments. I read the comments. I, I'm I read them. You're, you're a sadist. I know you would. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think it's funny. Yeah, it's just it. I think it's interesting that people get so invested in a two minute clip. Yeah, or even a one minute clip. Like you get so invested in. Like I post on TikTok and everywhere else, and I do it because. These are my thoughts. These are my, like, this is the reason why we do the podcast, because I want engagement. It would be weird for me to not want to engage with the people that want to engage with me. But if you disagree with me, I'm okay with that. But when you come at me and you attack me as a person, I'm just, I'm not, like, I'm just going to come back at you. Right. Um, like, you want to troll? Let's troll. Like, let's play. So, and that's the thing is, like, I, I tell people, like, I can find good and bad. Like, Republican, Democrat, Independent, Green Party, like, every, everyone has done good things. Everyone has done bad things. Sure. Like, if you want to cherry pick things to fit your narrative, go for it. But that's not the conversation I want to have. I want to understand, I want to talk about what the trajectory is for the country long term, for the state long term, for my town long term, and how it affects the, the little guy. Right. That's what I care about is the individual, not so much, you know, some of the other stuff, but you can start picking away. But like, that's what people do is they cherry pick. Like, yeah. okay, this clip here makes this sound like this. I got stuck in a Facebook or a Facebook reel or a YouTube reel algorithm the other night of right wing conspiracy stuff. <laughs> I watched one thing in the algorithm. I was locked in and I'm like, how do I get out of this? And I kept flicking and I kept watching these things. And it, the more you watch it, the more you get stuck. Right. Yeah. It keeps saying, oh, this is the stuff you want to see. And like part of my brain was like, you can tell the rest of the clip because of where they they stopped it like yeah. the person had retort for what was said but all you hear is the the thing that they want you to hear and, right and like yeah i get it but if that's if when people watch that stuff and that's all they listen to i hope that they have the intelligence to understand hey there's another side to that story just listen to what the other person had to say and then balance out and make your decision like you can it's okay to disagree with people but listen to both sides and understand where they're coming from. Right. Well, that's where the lead with love comes in. Yeah. Right? Like, if I meet you and, and you immediately tell me you're a Trump supporter, I immediately, I don't turn you off. I immediately go, why? I don't understand. And if you're in the same with a Biden, I go, why? Yeah. Tell me tell me why. I don't, I don't support either because I don't know them. Yeah. I know dick about either one of them. Like, as people. Right. I've never met them. I've never sat in a room with them. I've never had full conversations with them. If they want to have a conversation with me, that's great, but they don't. So why the fuck do I give a shit? And they don't really affect my world that much. So for like me, when it came down to like Biden, right? Right. So why would you support Biden? Well, as a unionist, as a as a construction person, there was a 
things that needed to happen in this country, right? Our infrastructure in this country is behind every other country in the world besides some in Africa, okay? And we haven't spent enough money on it. And if you have a president who's willing to champion infrastructure and push for our country to move forward and have rail, have better airports, have the things, the, the even the offshore wind and the deep, you know, the deep water ports and, you know, all the things that need to happen in, in building infrastructure. If you have someone that was willing to do it, then great. Actually, Trump in 2016, that was his, he ran on that, mm -hmm. is investing a ton of money in infrastructure. And we're like, hey, cool. We're all about building stuff. We know the country needs this. We're, you know, we're good with that if you want to do that, but you actually have to do it. And four years later, it proved that was a lie like everything else. But Biden talked about doing that, strengthening some stuff for union support. Because if Can you have it, absolutely. Like he's one of the most pro-union presidents that has been in in decades, right? He's done a lot of things to strengthen organizing efforts. So if you notice like Starbucks is organizing in Connecticut and people are unionizing because if you ever look at the graph of like wealth to, um, you know, unionization, unionization drops off and, you know, wealth drops off too. So corporation money goes up, but individual wealth and in, in what people make drops off because if we all, if people stand together and say, Hey, we want to make a fair living and we want to have fair work conditions and this is what we want, then habits. And I don't think that people should necessarily be making $30 an hour to do menial tasks. I think that there's a level that people should be paid for a set of skills, but I also don't think that someone who wasn't given the opportunity or took the opportunity to necessarily have an education or have a skill set to earn enough where they, they shouldn't have to work three full-time jobs. A, a person shouldn't have to do that. They should be able to be home for their kids. If, okay, let's talk about this. Sure. I, th this is what I mean. Fucking first of all, you're worth what you're worth. Okay. Yeah. You're fucking worth what you're worth. Okay. And if you're a big corporation like Starbucks pay people what they're worth based on how much money you're bringing in. You're worth what you're worth. Worth what you're worth. Nobody can fucking get coffee if there's nobody there to make the coffee. Yep. So you can't make a billion dollars a year if there's nobody there pouring the coffee. So you're worth what you're worth. Mm -hmm. Right? Okay. Unionize. Make more money. Make sure everybody's paid. Health benefits. Health benefits. Whatever. Yep. If you're a small business like me, you're worth what you're worth. Yep. Are you bringing in new clientele? Are you outputting more content or more videos or are you innovative? Are you innovating the way we do things? Are you adding to the solutions or are you adding to the problems or are you doing neither and you're just flatlining? Right. Right? So you're worth what you're fucking worth. And the idea, the audacity of people to think that you should be able to support a family of four by working at fucking McDonald's you're insane. That's not fair. That's that's not real. Like, that's not how that works. And not only that, but now you're taking away the opportunity for kids that are teenagers to get jobs. Because now the minimum wage in... Like, I know it's not the minimum wage everywhere, but the minimum wage in Connecticut is $14 an hour. 15 in June. 15 in June. How many fucking teenagers are you going to hire at 15 bucks an hour with no skills? Next to none. So this is where a problem that I have is. So for first-year apprentice, sixteen twenty. Right now. Right, but you're also... No, but I, hang on one sec. Yeah, go ahead. So then the same kid says to me, 
why am I going to go work and do that when I can go work at Whole Foods and make $18 an hour? Right. So we're competing with these. And it, I, I'm with you. I don't think that people should bank on menial, ta- you know. But you also have to look at that kid that says, why would I do that when I could go here and make $18 an hour? Because if you do this for the next 10 years, you'll be making $63 an hour. Right. So what are you going to be making at Whole Foods in the next 10 years? $22 an hour. That's the difference. And, the, and that's, that's you, the but that's thinking. the fucking forward thinking that I'm talking about why high school matters. It's why high school matters. Because if you're the kid in high school that's looking for the easy road and the easy way out and you're doing as little as possible to get by, then you're the same guy that's going to go up to you who gives them an opportunity for a future and say, well, why would I work for you for $16 an hour when I can work for them? Because you're not only just getting $16 an hour, you're also getting a fucking education. You're also getting opportunity of growth. You're also going to be in a group of, of men and women that are going to give you more opportunity to grow and more opportunity to develop skills. And you're going to be able to not only be able to do this skill, but you're going to learn all the other skills that all these other tradesmen do. And you might be able to find a new path or something else you want to do. What are you going to do in fucking Whole Foods? Go from stock boy to fucking cashier right. and get a dollar raise? That's the fucking difference. And no, do I think that you should be getting 25 bucks an hour for being a stock boy? Absolutely not. I don't. I don't. I, it, it, I, I don't disagree with you. I just. I, it's for me. It just comes down to this idea that you have this generation of fucking entitled people that think that they're owed things that they're not fucking owned because they didn't earn them. Y- yes. And so I don't think 785 an hour is a realistic no. wage for 2023. No. Look at Georgia. Like some I made a comment about how I think that they're like well yeah, I had a minimum wage conversation online with a bunch of people and then I started looking up minimum wages across the country cuz it's not something that I gave a shit about cuz I don't live there, so why would I care? Right. I only care about where I live and what I'm doing. Georgia's is still like 450. The federal minimum wage is is 780. Is 785, but yeah. there's still some states that they have a state wage that's lower than that. Really? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's it it's mind blowing. It just what wages are and what people think that they're actually worth. So, if you take go use the Mason Dixon line, right, and you look above that, t- typically people tend to make more. Like a a carpenter in Connecticut is sixty three bucks an hour all in. A carpenter in New York City is one hundred and four dollars an hour. A carpenter in Boston's eighty five dollars an hour. A carpenter in Florida is $25 an hour. Right. All in. That's wages and benefits. Sure. So, and it, also cost of living is different. No, it's not. And that's a fallacy that people- Cost of living is definitely different so, place to place. Place to place it is, but- Town to town, city to city, state to state, it definitely 100% is different. It's not that different. It's not that different. But it's definitely different. It's not $25. It's not $40 an hour different. I'll tell you that. No, it's not $40 an hour different. No. My in-laws live down in Florida. And, well, there are some places that, like yeah. New York definitely is. New York City is definitely, but you go into the country of New York, like New York's a big fucking state. And when people talk about New York, they only talk about the city, but it's one of the biggest states in the nation. Yeah, it's it's huge. And it, but like even if you talk about Boston, most of the guys that work in Boston don't live in Boston. You can't afford to buy and live in Boston unless you've been there generationally. But back to Florida, right? Everyone thinks Florida is the greatest place in the world. I don't. I don't. I don't. I you know I think it's a. Nice place to visit for a couple weeks in the middle of the winter when it's cold up here. But other than that, so I started looking at pricing of like what it actually costs. Food is cost the same. Taxes are very similar. 
I'd rather I will pay. It depends on what city you're in. Yeah, it, but it's because my parents live in Florida, and they're, it's it's much cheaper for them. It might be. It is. It, yeah. it's, it's again, it's town to town, city yeah. to city, state to state. Yeah, everything is relative to where you exist personally. Let me just look look at right here, right? Like South Windsor, getting an apartment in South Windsor versus getting an apartment in Glastonbury versus getting an apartment in Stafford, they're all different price. Yes. Right? That's cost of living. So you can live in Stafford and get pay less on rent, but now you have to pay extra to drive, right? Because now you're going to put more wear and tear on your car. You're going to have to pay the extra gas mileage. You're going to have to- like, Find a school system for your kids. Right. Like they're, actually, Stafford has <laughs> No, that's a really good. My, my, uh, my kids, my nephews. Ironically. Nieces go there. But you, the point of it all is, is that it's, it's really, again, it doesn't matter who's sitting in the White House. It doesn't matter who's sitting in the town hall because it's town to town and state to state. It is relatively different. And there are some places in Florida that are very expensive, like Miami. And then there's places like where my parents live that are not as expensive. Just like in Connecticut. Right. You can find houses in Connecticut for not much Absolutely. money, but you may not want to live there. Right. right. Uh, you know, it's it's tough. It, 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 but when you look at taxes and you look at the cost of living, cost of living in the state is fairly high. But back to what we were talking about is 15 bucks an hour. You know, that's that's a high wage. That's, yeah. you know. That's a, how am I going to justify, like, how is anybody going to justify hiring my 15-year-old daughter with no skills for 15 bucks an hour? It's going to be very difficult for her to find a job as a teenager outside of agriculture, because in agriculture, they can get away with, like, so interestingly enough, so are doing something else, but my manufacturing facilities, they are trying so hard to find menial skilled workers for minimum wage um, or above yeah. just to, to do stuff. Finding people that have that 13-year-old, 14-year-old desire to go to work, even though they couldn't, right? But having that desire- yeah, I don't think she has a fucking desire. I have- You have a I, desire. I have a desire for her to learn the skills. Yes. Right? So I want her to- But I don't want her working in a fucking factory either. Right? Like that's- it, One, it's not safe. Yes. For a 15-year-old to be walking around a factory. Like there's just not a safe- Like working at a grocery store, being a, 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 a stock person or working in the produce section or running a cash register, those are safe- jobs there's there's a lot of really bright lights and anybody that's a creep she can call somebody over and go this person's being a creep yes it, it and if we think that that doesn't happen in places where you're fucking lying to yourself like we live in a world where there's creeps it's just a thing everywhere everywhere and there's women that are creeps and there's men that are creeps and it just it is what it is it seems like there's more women that are creeps now than there were when i was a younger man and hoping that there were people that were creeping on me i mean it's just messed up is that real yeah it's it Every time I turn around, like there was just another teacher in one town in Connecticut that just got arrested for having a relationship with a student. It's like, oh, there's men out there that do it still. No, I was saying female teachers, but I'm sure yeah. there's men out there. That, yeah, I think there. I like I, I said, I don't find that there's anything mutually exclusive no. to one group of people. I just think, I think that, that we're all. It's more more prevalent now than it ever was. I think it's just it's called out more. Yeah, and you also have more women in the workforce. It's true too. Right. There was a lot of stay at home moms. There was a lot of women that didn't work in particular jobs. And like if you look back over the years at the at the positions that were filled by, by women versus the position that were filled by men, and now you see that they're blending and overlapping, the reality is that they were always fucking creeps. They just didn't do it in the workplace because they didn't have a job. <laughs> it's a good point. I didn't think about that. But you know. And I'm not saying that women didn't work because they did. Like, women no, have I, always worked. There's always, course, been, it's, it's, again, nothing is mutually exclusive in my world. Everything, I think humans are humans and, it, and gender doesn't matter. 
right? It, it, it doesn't matter if you're a boy or a girl. It doesn't matter if you identify as a boy or a girl. Like, none of that shit matters. Yes. People are fucking people, and they're going to be shitty people, and there are going to be good people everywhere. They're going to do whatever they're going to do. They're going to do whatever they're going to do. And, yeah. like, and that, like, there are plenty of women that are... And there was also, through the 80s and 90s and before, if an older woman fucked with a younger man, it was cool. Like, legitimately, it was like, oh, that's cool. Like, hey, you you got that girl. Good for you, bro. Hey, like, bro. Okay, that's my son. Look at my my son got the hot teacher. Like, now it's like, yeah. Wasn't there a song about that? You're a fucking pedophile. Yeah. Right? Like, you, like that's what you are. Like, you're a bad you're, person. Yeah, like, you're, you're taking, advantage, you're of taking advantage of a child. You're a weirdo. Yeah. Right? So that's, and that's the difference is culturally, hopefully, we're evolving into a society that goes, okay, this is unacceptable behavior and this is acceptable behavior. Yeah. And, and like if and it's, Miss, and it's, Mrs. Robinson, right? You yeah. go down the line, Hoffer teacher, all that stuff. Yeah. It, if it went the other way, it would always been worse. Oh, absolutely. But as long as it was, you know, a guy taking advantage of, or you know, being taken advantage of, it was okay. Well, that's, well, and I think that that comes back to physical dominance, right? It's very difficult to say that even an adult woman can hold down an 18 year old boy or a 16 year old boy. Like a 16 year old boy is a pretty fucking strong dude. Even comparatively to a five foot four, hundred and twenty pound yeah. woman, yeah, right. So it's it, but a man to a a little girl, there's no doubt, or even a little boy, like there's no doubt that I can dom like physically dominate a person. You can dominate me with, yeah. There it is. That's nice. <laughs> um, but there's, but there's that thing, right? There's that piece of it. There's that caveat of I can I can physically make you do something that you don't want to do, whereas a a woman doing it to a boy, she has to bully him into it. Yeah. Right? They, she becomes a bully, and she has to play mind games to get him to do what he wants. And and there are men that do that, too. Right? There are men that definitely played mind games with younger women, and there are lots of—we we all know those professor stories and all those—all yes. that shit. Where like, But that's the point is, again, I don't think anything's mutually exclusive to any group. I just think that you have to look far enough back in the timeline to go, okay, why— is the, where did the change come from? What's the difference? And for me, that's what I do with everything. Just like with the argument that I ha I'm having right now on the internet with high school being important. It's you're having this argument on the internet. Yeah, on TikTok. Oh, really? Yeah, it hit the algorithm today, and there's like comments coming. People are uh, disagreeing with you. Some of them, yeah, a lot of them. That's weird. I'll have to check that. I don't have TikTok, so I'll have to look. well, they they're disagreeing because I said stop saying that high school is not important because it is. And the point of that is, is that from 14 to 18 are our developmental years of becoming, you're going to become the adult you're going to become. Like, I look at my daughter, who's 15, and I am now parenting her differently than I did when she was 12 or 11 or 10. Which you should. Which you should, because they, they I know, which I parented them different than when she was, they were toddlers. Like, you, you parent based on the age bracket they're in, in my opinion, because each one of them is a very specific developmental set of years. And high school is the developmental years of when you're going to set the foundation of what type of adult you're going to be. This is where you're going to learn your work ethic. This is where you're going to learn your social skills. This is where you're going to learn how much effort you're going to put in to certain tasks and things and people. This is where you're going to learn how to set your boundaries. And you're going to decide what your version of fun is, what your version of sexuality is, what your version of pretty much everything that you're doing as an adult, you're deciding in those years, in those formative years of like, I mean, most people lose their virginity at what, 15 years old? 
I don't I don't know. It's like is there a, can you look up an average on that? Is that a thing that people study? I th- I think that I think I mean that's when I lost mine, so I just make an assumption, and I know a bunch of people. I waited until marriage. Of course you did. That was really good of you. Um, that's a lie. Um, there's, but that those are the years that you're developing the skills that are going to carry you through your twenties and thirties. And I was not academically good at school. I was very socially good at school with both teachers and students after the bullying was ended after my sophomore year, when everybody accepted me and yeah, well, big crazy moments happened in my life and people thought I was scary for a little bit. And then they accepted me as who I was. And then we got to laugh and joke and have fun because they stopped beating me up and picking on me because, well, they just decided to because of Wes Jackson. He's amazing. Um, he beat the shit out of me and then it became a whole thing. And we're very close now. He's a good kid. Oh, someone you went to school with? Yeah, he was. A, yeah, he was this big kid that was on the football team. That I was. Just, I just had enough, and he just literally beat the shit out of me, and I just really? laughed at him the whole time he was doing it. And everybody thought I was just a psychopath. When was the last time you got into an actual physical fight with someone? I was twenty, probably twenty-three. Probably so about twenty years ago. Yeah, I was walking out of the Yukon football stadium at Rensselaer Field. And these people were causing a disturbance behind us. Yeah. And we had some young, my nephews were with us. And they were young, young kids. And we were like, hey, guys, you know, young kids, just chill. And they got really mad and they left. Well, when we walked out after the game, they were all kind of waiting for us. So it was me and my cousins and we all split up. Yep. And this kid was walking next to me. I'm like, dude, just stop. You know, we don't, I'm not, I don't like to fight with people, uh, you know, ever, just my brother. That's the only person I like to get in physical, or at least I used to get into physical altercations with. This kid out of nowhere, right? Sucker punches me, breaks my nose. My nose is still broken from it. It just explodes with blood. I just look at him. I spit, How old were you? I was probably 25. I spit blood in his face and just said, is that what you're going to do? And he, you know, when you sucker punch someone with everything you got and they just look at you, he just ran. And so I walked up to the police, and they're like, what happened? And I was like, kid just punched. They said, yeah, we saw. Like, he just punched you. And I explained to them the story, and they found him and arrested him. And they're like, do you want us to press charges? And I was like, no, just keep him cuffed and sitting over there and ruin his day. So, but yeah, that was the last, the first, it was like one of my, at like, adult life physical patients. Yeah, I think it was, I think it was, I think it was 23 in New York City. Yeah, it's, I don't, not a big fan of fighting with people because you can really hurt people and accidentally and ruin your life well that's the thing is like you learn at a certain point that it's what's the roi of a fist fight yeah that there's not right and i'm a guy that wrestled and played football and have done jujitsu and and i even did jujitsu as i was older like you know because i put brianna in jujitsu so she could learn to defend herself and then i would roll because i enjoy it yeah like i enjoy the the technique and I enjoy the learning of it and I enjoy the physical altercation of it. So I've been in those physical, like yeah, controlled, controlled environment, but a street fight, but I, I'm a big dude. Same. Right. Like I'm, and how many times, but people want to f- mess with big people. I don't understand it. Sometimes they do. And sometimes they don't. I think, I think people are starting to understand that it's really dangerous now with how big MMA is. Yeah. To pick a fight. Cause, Cause you never know. Yeah. Like you pick a fight with the wrong dude, you're gonna have a bad fucking day. Yeah, and it could be end up being a really bad month. 
Yeah. Right. Or it, two. Or two. Or, you know. Right. If you ever come back. Right. Because, like, I, again, nothing is mutually exclusive. There are women that will fuck me up. Yes. Like, fuck me up. Yes. Absolutely. And there's nothing I'll be able to do about it. Besides cry. Right. Yeah. So it's, for me, it's that thing where, what's the point? What's yeah. the ROI of this? I just kind of avoid. I've never been, I, I, I'm not, I'll be, a, I have no problem arguing with someone verbal, but yeah, not a very big physical altercation kind of guy. I don't even want to argue with people anymore. Really? I used yeah. to argue a lot. <laughs> um, I'm opinionated. Yeah. And if I think that your opinion is weird or wrong, I'll have a discussion and it might get loud or heated, but that's just cause who I am. But I, I don't think I go into anything with any sort of ill will towards anybody. Yeah. And I think an argument has ill will to it. Okay, fair enough. So I'll have a heated debate or a discussion with somebody. Like, even when people, like, even when the whole, the Trump divide was yes. happening, I had people that were like, I can't be friends with those people because they're Trump supporters. And I'm like, really? That's where you're going to draw the line? Like, that's the thing? Yeah. I've known that person for 15 years. They're a fucking asshole. Yeah. And that's the thing that- That's the one thing that's that- That's the one thing that you're picking out. Not the rest of it. Not the rest of it. Yeah. Like, he's a fucking drunk. Yeah. Right? Like, that person's a fucking drunk. Or that person's a piece of shit. Or that person, like, is a low-life liar. And now that's the thing that was the cat. You're okay with all- All of that. It's just the fact that like, they support this politician. Yeah. Like, that dude's a womanizer and, like, takes advantage of people. And, like, all that was fine up until this. Yeah. Like, come on, dude. That yeah. says more about you than them. It shows how how low your bar is set for humans. Right. And that's where I judge people. It's like, I don't care what you pick and choose. If you're a good person, not just a nice person, but a good person. I know several nice people yeah, that, that I've had to like. cut out. That, yeah. that I so I'm a big with. fan of removing toxicity. I don't allow toxicity in my life. Right. And when I first met my wife, she had some very toxic Mine people. too. And I said, you know, you, I will never tell you who you can be friends with, and I will never tell you who you can't be friends with. Actually, I, when I first started dating her, I told her I had two rules for relationships. One, she can never work on nights and weekends if she was to get a job doing that. And two, was no carny rides. One, it, no it, nights and weekends? Yeah. So, like, she had a regular... I said, you know, you can't get a job being a waiter or waitress. Like, I... We didn't... I don't need extra money. Like, we didn't need extra. There's plenty for our relationship to go around. But, like, you can work Monday through Friday because weekends, if I have weekends off, I want to, I don't want to have to try and balance uh, time. Like, it wasn't one of those things where we were trying to, we were struggling and needed to pick up extra jobs, you know? Yeah. So, what if she had been a waiter already or a bartender? Well, if I had met her and that was what she was doing, that's fine. But, like, I was like, this is kind of my lifestyle. I, work Monday through Friday. Sure. And I like to do things on the weekends and I don't want to be waiting for someone, you know, and that's just the, I was at a point when I met her that I was picking and choosing who I wanted to be with. I wasn't. Right. I was done on the dating world. And so I met her and I said, no carny rides. And it, it was, she was like, why? And I was like, if we go to a carnival, you can't go on the rides. She goes, why? I don't get it. I love going on those rides. So they take them apart. They don't get inspected. Three weeks later, after we we had started dating uh, basically April 1st, and so carnival started happening, there was a thing in, on the news. There was a, a carnival ride blew apart at one of the places, and people died. And she's like, well, I guess I'll never go on a carnival ride. So I said, those are my two rules. But I told her, I said, I'll never tell you who to be friends with. And I'll never tell But I said, I don't have to allow those people in my life. 
And if they're toxic people, I don't want them around me. And I, you do a you, and you can have them and be your friends, but acknowledge when they treat you poorly. I mean, part of the fun of a carny ride is that it could explode at any point. That is true. But that's part of the risk reward factor of like the ROI isn't there for the cost. <laughs> for the seven tickets. <laughs> yeah. Seven tickets, please. Potentially die on this ride yeah, or get blown. Need a tetanus shot. When yeah, you know they don't have insurance either. Right, and they're not inspected. So like the same thing like zip lines. When we go to a foreign country, I'm like, no. When do you think the last time they tested those zip lines? I don't think I've ever had any quote unquote rules. Yeah. In relationships, I don't think those are hardcore. If, like as no, I know, but I just don't now. like. I I try and set boundaries okay. for myself in relationships and be like, okay, look, here's here's the boundary. Like this is, um. But I don't know that I've ever been like, this is a steadfast rule. You can't do this thing. Yeah. I, I, But again, I'm super blunt. So if I don't like something or someone, they're going to know. I mean, you know. Yeah, did. We did not like each other at the beginning. No. We, we did not get along at all. We didn't see it. We didn't know each other, I think. We didn't know each other. And I thought it was weird that the girl I was seeing had a guy friend that was single. Yeah. And like they hung out and like did. Like, hang out. Like, I just don't like, think that like talk unmarried men and women that hang out is weird to be friends. To me, I think that there's some level of I want to fuck this person. Yeah, I think that I think that that's a thing. I think that there's there's a level of and I don't know that it's like, oh, I want to do this. But if the opportunity arose, I don't think you would have been like, no, I'm not going to do that. So because my wife is pretty cute. She is. I've known her since. Uh, right. She was 13, 14. Right. So, like, there, there, I think for me. But that really wasn't even no. the biggest catalyst for me with you. Oh, what was the biggest catalyst? The biggest catalyst was somehow you ended up on a date with my ex. Oh, that's a whole nother story for another. No, it's a bumble. But that, yeah. yeah. But that was the, that was the big catalyst because it was what like. the chances of that in the real world? I think they're pretty high based on where we live. I guess. I think based on, if you just look in the, in the in the region for the single people and you're all on those websites together. The reality is, and she was a fucking liar. She was a horrible human. She was, she was not a good person. But so I felt bad for her yeah. for the majority of our relationship. And I kind of got sucked into that whole, like, so it reminded me a lot of my ex. So yeah. like my ex, a, a horrible human being, but like knowing you now, like, and of course, like, I see where you're coming from. I knew that that relationship was dead from the start. Yeah. And I got tangled into, like, Cause all you, kinds of shit. You are, I was just like... You try and help people. Like, dude, you always try... So you try... Right, wasn't that the thing that the fucking psychic said about me? You had a psychic? On the No, on the podcast. She yeah. came on and she was like, oh, you're a, a healer. Is that what she called me? Well, yeah, I think it was, like, healer or, like, you are... You're very potent to people's feelings right and i then i try to help them solve their problems like i try to help them fix yeah their world so they and that's what i was it was like i like the poor girl like i'm not gonna put her name on here but no like but the poor girl's family was fucked she had alcoholism in her whole family she didn't have her mom died when she was young she like she was on her own i didn't like i was like knowing you now like i totally see how like looking back like hindsight is always 20 always 2020 and it's like, you know, but, but it wasn't, it wasn't, and again, it wasn't something like, it wasn't malicious and I wasn't trying to like be mean to, to her or anything right. else. Like, but when I, when I met my wife, I knew the dad met her. 
and you know, I legitimately knew the day I, I met her. I was with her the day, like that time, like we, because we had been friends for yeah a long time, and I used to we talked all the time. And she told me about you, and like I was like, oh, that's cool. But you know, the day I met her, I fucking knew. The interesting thing, but the thing about you is, like, as a guy, I'm protective of everyone and anyone that I'm around, whether they're a guy, girl, a friend. I'm always protective. Like, that's just my nature. And Right. So there was a lot of interesting things that I was, like, apprehensive. Like, okay, is, is this guy really going to be good? Because this, you're, you know. I've learned a very eclectic life. Not only that, but, like, I was really rooting for your wife to do well on her next person that she took in. Because she, too, is the a next one should do better. No, she did well. She, but she's a fixer, and she likes to rescue things and help them get better. And I was really... That's how you see her? Oh, that's incredible. Okay, when you have all those dogs and, like, I mean... But sure. That... I don't know that she likes to... I guess she likes to rescue things. I don't know that she likes to fix them. Well, she likes to yell at them until they do what she wants them to do. Succumb to her will. Yeah. Yeah. That's me. Like, she, she used to... And she found out very quickly that that just didn't work that with me. Yeah. Like, she would yell at me and be like, you have to do this. And I'd be like, I'm not doing that. Yeah, that's not- And then she'd be like, well, then we're not together. And I was like, no, we are. Yeah. We're not We're not breaking up over that. But see, and, but that's what I, like, from what I knew. And, you know, I try not to dive too deep into people's personal lives. But when there's blazing, like, hey, wait a minute. What kind of friend would I be if I didn't, like, say, hey, this is what this person, like, what are yeah. the chances of all these things? Well, it's funny because- Again, my ex was like, oh, he takes his daughter's medication. And it was like, no, I take my medication. Yeah. We just happen to be on the same medication. So it, it was like, like these things these where it's crazy like. Crazy things. Yeah. Like, like I felt insane. And I, I even apologized to you. Like, I know. I, I'm like, wow. You know, I feel bad. But what kind of friend would I be if someone said all these things and they turn out to be true and I let my friend go down this like, sure. this pathway of like. And again. Back to earlier in our conversation, nothing is easy for me. No. Nothing has ever, including my wife, nothing has ever been easy for me. No. And like, I love my wife with all my heart. She's my person. I'm never leaving her. She might leave me, but I'm never leaving her. But it's the the idea of, it's just, there's so many people that have tried to stop me from doing the things that I want to do and get. And you were just, you felt like one of those people that I was like, yeah. oh, this fucking guy, he's got an ulterior motive. I was like, that's what he's doing. That's fine. Fuck him. But I was it, like, and I, then you figured out, oh, it really had, right. it was nothing to do with it. It was just more of like, hey, I watched what she went through with her ex yeah. multiple times. I watched what she went through with other people that tried. Well, he's also an interesting dude, too, because I think he means well. I just he's think just a, he was raised wrong. He's not a bad person, but he was a bad fit for her. Right. And, you know. There are days that I think he's a bad person, but I think he's a good dad for the most part. I think he's a good guy. I think that he did well, like helping yeah. her raise her other, raise her son and stuff like that, and do sure. all the things that he did. But at the same time, like I think that people deserve the absolute best that they can get, and that's the facts that were presented at that point in time that I was aware of, and I didn't know. Well, I broke all your rules. I worked nights and weekends. I went on carnival rides. Well, we weren't dating at that point. It was a fucking mess. I was just trying to date you. <laughs> it was a fucking mess. But you know what? But long term is like, I also remember the revelation when we were sitting there and you didn't realize, you you thought I was like I thought a Trump you were a supporter. Like, well, no, not even a Trump Republican. supporter. I thought you were a Republican. I thought you were like a staunch right wing. 
Well, because she has a lot of people in her life that are that. Right. And I and again, I'm not super left. So I didn't I'm straight down the middle. I don't like either far side. Yeah. So if you're like far left or far right, I have no like I have no tolerance for you to deal with you because it's too much work. Yeah. Like you're too much work. Yeah. I if you can't see the middle, then there's a middle on everything. Like we talk about how difficult things have been for me. Like I adopted my niece and that wasn't even fucking easy. Right. They came to me and said, hey, she needs a place to live. Help me out. And I was like, and, by, and finally, when I finally said, okay, and then I broke up with the person that I was with because she didn't want to be with me anymore and I became a single dad. Then the the state came after me and was like, well, why do you want to be a single dad of a little girl? And I was like, I don't. You you, that's not this that's, is that what that's not how this worked. What are you talking about? And then a bunch of people in in my wife's world were like, "Well, why is he a single dad of a little girl that isn't his?" And I was like, "She is mine. What what are we doing?" Yeah, like what the fuck? She like she's mine. Like they they came to me and said she needs a place, and I became that place. And now you're trying to tell me that there's something wrong with me because I became the place that you needed her to be. Yeah, like I don't. You opened up your life and, and disrupted everything that everything. was going everything to take in a child and help them out. Like, I either shoot blanks or I'm really good because I it's never occurred. You know what's funny is I had this conversation with my wife. I said either my pullout game is really strong or I'm never going to have a child. <laughs> well, we're not having kids, but at the end of the day, like, you know. Right, but I, like, I haven't, and nobody's ever come to me like, hey, Danny, I'm pregnant and this is what we yeah. have to do. Like, nobody, like, and I've never had to make a decision or even I've never been involved in a decision. But that's neither here nor there because everything I've ever done, like people make it difficult. Even dating, even being with my wife was fucking difficult. Yes. It was like all of it, everything was a challenge. Everything. And maybe that's to my, that means my own fault. Maybe I set it up that way. I don't know. Well, I will be like, you know, you, when I first met you, like you come, you're, you're, you have an air about you that is acquired. I'm an acquired taste. You know, and it was for the first couple of years, I we really didn't jo- get along well or even really talk. We didn't even try to get along. Right. I had no we interest. Just, we made conscious we made decisions. decisions not to we talk. made mutual conscious decisions to be like, yeah, fuck that guy. Yeah, I have no interest, right? right. I, I We probably are not going to get along. And then I met your wife, and, then, and I was like, she's fucking great. Yeah. So I need to know why she thinks he's great. And that's literally what happened. I met your wife, and I was like, she's fucking awesome. Yeah. I need to know why she thinks he's awesome. And then you learned. And then I was like, yeah, he's not bad. He's not a bad. Same. Same. Right. So, but it it goes back to preconceived notions. Right. And I think when we first met, if I went into it with a little bit more of an open mind and I wasn't tainted. Or like if you came to me and asked. If, (laughs) yeah, if I did. But at the same time, like, you know, I look at it as what were you going to say? No, that's not true. Right. My well, knowing you now, knowing me now, knowing you now, that's not, you know, you would tell me the the straight truth. But like, I didn't know you. All I knew about you is that you were trying to do this. You were a waiter. You were this. You were, you know, trying to be a director. You were trying to do this. You had this business. You had. I wasn't trying. I was those things. Well, I was a waiter. I was a director. I was a producer of film. These these are all things that I actually did. Well, I didn't make I didn't make a living at all of them. All of those things. But I, I yeah. did all of those things. So let me rephrase. You weren't trying to do it. You were doing all these right. things. And it seemed to me it was very, you know, and I was, I, I grew too. Like, I was, shouldn't have been so judgmental of you. Like, I shouldn't have looked at you and been like, yeah, this guy, he's going to be nothing. He's a bad guy. You know, right? he's not 
a good fit for her. I should have asked my friend and said, tell me why. And what, do you, lost, what do you see? What do you what see? Do you... And then I should have been an adult and probably sat down at the end and been like, dude, let's go grab a coffee or a beer. Because, you know, right. if you're going to be in my friend's life, then you're going to be in my life. Then you're going to be in my life. Right. I'm not going to exclude my friend. And, you know, it's probably, but it, I think every action in life we mature from, right? And grow. And did I learn a lot about you in that time frame? Yeah, I learned that, you know what, you're going to, and also part of me thought you're going to get eaten up and spit out by Liza and there wasn't much in <laughs> chance of me having to invest too much time in the friendship because you would have gotten chewed up and spit out. But I'm like, you know what? He's hung on for a long time. They're, they're moving it. You know, they live together. Things will give him a shot. And, you know, I'm glad I did. I, you're, com you're completely different than the person that I thought you were. And I'm probably completely, I, I remember your face where you're like, you're not right wing. No. I'm yeah. not, you know, you're like, oh, I thought you were. And I'm like, no, that's disgusting. Why would you even say that? Like, right. It, it was, but we were so wrapped up in just like preconceived notions about what we thought the other person was. We never really got to know each other. Right. Well, there's that thing about the people like you and me that are in the middle. We always get labeled on the right. Yeah. hundred percent. Right. And then the right always labels us as like super liberal. Yeah. Like both sides decide we're something we're not. You don't know. And it's like, yeah, yeah, you don't like I'm I'm very much in the middle. I'm very much in the purple. Yeah. Like, it's just well, so like Tom Del Nicky, right? Yep. We support uh, carpenters. We support C carpenters are politics. Whether you're Republican, Democrat, if you care about working people, then we will support you. Yep. It's not a D, it's not an R, it's not red, it's not blue. It's do you care about working people or are you, do you have your own agenda? Right. And I've kind of really taken that onto myself is like, okay, I can tell you things that Trump did that were good. Sure. I can. Like, yeah, he wasn't I, all bad. And people right. that think he was all bad just aren't paying attention. And I can tell you things that Obama did that were horrible for my, for what I do for the working person. I can like, they're, they're there. So right. I think, I think people get caught up in the statesman thing, right? Yeah. Like how do they approach this? How do they carry themselves, right? Like yes. how, like, do they- Are they presidential? Right. Are they presidential? Like, do they have couth? Yes. Right? Couth matters to people on a certain level. In that, on that level, it does. Like, you know, it, it, you have to, you're representing 375 million people in the largest nuclear arms in the world that can destroy anything at the in 15 minutes. So- right. You need to have couth and you need to have your composure. You, you have to have your composure. You can't have an attitude and you have to be, you have to be able to have a thought and be yeah. able to think about things and deeply think about the reaction, the, the, the consequences to every action. Well, that's, well, that's part of also being born with a silver spoon in your mouth and not really having any consequences your entire life. When you live a life of no consequence for anything you do. I mean, Trump is the Trump is one of the worst people that have taken advantage of people in your industry. Oh, absolutely. He was one of the absolute worst. Absolutely. And you can't deny that. And if you do, then you're just you're just lying to yourself. Putting you in the sand. Yeah, like and, he put so many companies out of business by just not paying them. Yeah, just simply not paying them. Right. He's exactly what we were talking about earlier when it was like this is why it costs so much less. Yeah, because you're just not paying labor. No problem. You just have no issue with not paying people. So he had a, there was an architectural firm that 
you know, they were still owed a million dollars for designing his his building. Mm-hmm. They just never paid him. They had he had to lay off all his entire workforce, go bankrupt, lost everything because right. they just said, "We will sue you and put you into. We will and, destroy and you." Literally, Biden is no saint. Like, no, the guy's full of shit. He lies a lot. He lied. He's for years. Eighty. He's a career fucking politician. He's a hundred fucking years old. Yes. But then you get all these like deep fake videos too. Like I watched the State of the Union because I was curious about not the State of the Union. I was curious about the content that would come out of it. Yeah. And then I saw videos where they made him stutter and I was like, he didn't stutter through that. Yeah. Like there was no stuttering that happened in there. Like you just made that shit up. I listened to him on the podcast Smartless. Uh-huh. And obviously any podcast, any audio can be manipulated before it isn't split. Like I hope you make me sound like an intelligent person when you edit this, but- you know, if you listen to his thought, he sounds cognitive, like, like, wow, this guy actually has it all together. But then, you know, at the same time, like, my grandparents were in their 80s. There's nobody in their late 70s, 80s that have it fully all together. And that's what concerns And they're me. disconnected from the entire country of people that need the leadership. Yeah. Right? Guys our age and younger, like 55 and under, like 21 to 55 are the people that need the leadership. So somebody from like 45 to 55 should be running the country, right? So you would hope more like 45 to 65. I think there should be like a fucking cutoff for running for president. Like yeah. it's insane yeah. that you're like, yeah, you're 78 years old. That's fine. Just yeah. do it. You're good to go. You you're got to go. It, I mean, if you look at the pictures of any yeah, other cares that Jim Crow laws were happening when you were a kid, it's fine. If you look at Obama, when he first took office to his last day, the eight years that yeah, he aged, aged, the stress that these guys- Well, that's what under, happens when you actually do the job. Right. <laughs> the stress that you're under doing that job, just yeah. even like my friends that are mayors, and I talk to them and I'm like, you know, you have Ivy League educate. you're super intelligent. Why would you do this? You can go somewhere else and make a great living and they're like i care about people i'm like but the stress like it it's so stressful so stressful it's not easy no i don't know how people like well and then there's again there's a there's a large group of people that are shitty and a large people that that are good and the problem is that you don't know in politics which ones are good and not i mean look at the goo i don't even know what the fuck what's the guy's name that fucking did all the lying like lied about every oh, George, fucking thing. George, um, what uh, Santos is it? Santos. Santos. He yeah. literally lied about every Everything. fucking thing. Every and he didn't lose his job. No. no, like didn't lose his job. How is that possible? They're finally like investigating him on ethics because he's literally lied about everything. But how do you get to keep your fucking job when you're that full of shit to get it? Because you're elected. That's insane to me. Yeah, you were elected on false pretenses. That means you lose the fucking job. Yeah, it's. It's scary. Immediately, you lied about every fucking thing. That means, like, well, look at what's happening right now with Fox News. With the, if you followed any of that, with the um, Dominion, no, no, with the the, the Dominion lawsuit, one point six billion dollar lawsuit, and they released all the text messages, and they, it's in all their messages that they knew that it was all false, like Trump laws. They knew it, but they knew it would be good for ratings if they kept pushing the the propaganda that. Well, that's the other thing that people have to understand about the news. It's a commercial business. They're making money. As long as there's advertising on the news, it's a commercial business. So it's, and there's no real solution to it, right? There's no real solution to 
figuring out how to get the most accurate and honest news. Because if you have government funding for it, now it can be tampered with by the government. If you allow corporations to run it and make money off of it, corporations can tamper with it and do whatever they want to do to manipulate it and make more money and get what they want out of it. So the internet has kind of opened the door up to allow people to start being their own advocates for the news, but everybody has a bias towards whatever they want to believe. It's very hard to find people that actually give a shit about the world and give give a shit about the facts. If you ever want to know what's actually happening in this country, watch the news for another country, from another country, Al Jazeera, from the Daily Mail, something from, you know, Europe. They actually report on what's happening here without the same bias. And it's interesting to see, okay, well, you, they don't really have a, an angle to work. So sometimes I cross check with news broadcasts from other places to say, are they actually saying the same thing? Did this really happen? And it's like 10 times out of 10. Well, have you ever seen, you've seen the clips of all the newscasts across the entire country in like one compilation, all saying the same exact. Because they're all owned by the same company and the guy wants them all to say the same thing. It's just, again, it's a business. Yeah. Like anything that's a business is going to have bias to it. That's just how it works. And you can either, the larger the company, the harder it is to be driven by quality and honesty. It just is. And it's because part of it becomes, okay, I'm, even if you're a good person, you're like, okay, I'm responsible for all these hundreds of people. I have to make sure that they all eat. So I might have to do this thing to make sure that my business doesn't go over under for these people, right? Like capitalism's a fucking joke as it is because there's banks that get bailed out and large companies get bailed out because they're too big to fail. Yeah. Well, then it's not capitalism. If it's too big to fail, it's not capitalism. Now we're, and we're still paying for that, right? And right. We're, we're paying to help all these businesses that were too big to go under. Well, that's great. But even at the bailouts that you think about just happened with all the banks, the bailouts that happened with the... With the motor, uh, with even, you know, Ford was the only one that did it, but GM and all, all these other companies, it's like, okay, well, if we're going to bail everybody out when they mess up, even the pension funds. Yep. So, so I, I'm a trustee on a pension fund, right? So we, we, we have a total of, I think it's around 5 billion we invest. The total value of all of our funds is $10 billion. And you have 10 carpenters and then 10 management people and a bunch of advisors that invest it. So the Teamsters from the Midwest, had a very large pension fund that they managed poorly. They made poor assumptions on what their returns would be, had very large uh, uh, accruals, so the, it was worth a lot of money. Well, guess what? Went bankrupt. Like, they didn't have enough. So there's a the government has this plan, an uh, insurance plan for pensions called the PBGC, Pension Benefit Guarantee Corp., and we all pay a premium, just like any other insurance so if it go if for some reason we make bad investments, the members still get some money. So or thirty cents on the dollar, you know, sure. some money, but it's some money. Well, they figured out this pension fund was so big that if it goes out, it's gonna take out the insurance company and every other pension fund is gonna have to increase their premium from fifty dollars or thirty-five dollars a month to two hundred and seventy-five dollars a month, which would have put out all the pension funds. So during the last round of, you know, free money that was given out by the government for COVID, they included 85 or $100 billion to bail out pension funds. So now your taxes 
and not that I'm completely against this, right? Because these people worked hard for it, but they shouldn't be 100% funded back to where they were. Because that takes like all of my people where we haven't increased our accrual rating. We haven't given, you know, the pension that I got when I first got in 21 years ago is worth the same amount of money 21 years later. Yeah, but that's the problem. We, it, that's why I say capitalism is fucking bullshit because you're supposed to, the big guy is supposed, when the big guy loses, that opens the way for the next guy to come in. Yeah. And if the next guy doesn't have a clear path to come in because everybody bails out the generational money, then everybody's fucked. Right. It's really hard to make that much money without being generational. And when the generational, like the fucking Bank of America or this fucking pension fund or that insurance company fucks up and we bail them out or an airline and we bail them out because they're too big to fail, like, sorry for your fucking luck. Take the money that you were going to use to bail them out, pay all these people fucking unemployment until they find a new fucking job and allow the next company that's doing it better with higher quality and higher standards to step the fuck in. Yeah. Like, that's capitalism. That's how it's supposed to fucking work. And then you you have those, it, and I get it when you were in, in employing fifty thousand people, it's a lot, right? It's a lot of people. Sure, but, but then they take the fucking bailout and they give themselves bonuses and they fucking. That's the biggest issue. Like what, they put no boundaries or standards on the bailout. Right. It doesn't say, oh, you can't do this, this, or this. It's like, oh, business as usual. Here's the money. Right. Like you own and run the business through this board of people that are making billions of dollars combined. Sorry, bro. Just like my small business, dip into your motherfucking pocket and bail yourself out or fucking go under. Yeah. That's the deal. And that's why I would buy a Ford because they didn't take a bailout. Ford didn't. Ford went through the, the 2008 recession and didn't take a bailout. I would still buy their stock, you know, just, just because of that one reason. And I just have a little bit of a bias because, like, they really pulled themselves up by their bootstraps, took their own money, took slowed down investments, and did what they had to do as a business to keep going. So reach, that's how businesses that's the work. Right. That's how it's supposed to be. Uh, and look at like look at Big Pharma. Yep. Right? They're fucking criminal. They're murdering sixty thousand people and still making billions of dollars. Yeah. It's not like okay, you like you killed all these people and you fucking lied about what you were selling on top of lying and then increasing the dosage and making up shit about it. The whole thing is a scam. The and then you, you don't lose, like, you're paying pennies on the dollar as a fine? What the fuck? What's incredible about pharma is there's multiple layers because we're self-insured, so I got to learn a lot about insurance because we own and operate our own insurance company, essentially. And... We ended up as an organization starting our own specialty drug manufacturing facility because specialty drugs is going to be the, I think it, they said it was like 70% of total insurance cost is specialty drugs. So there's these specialty drugs where if, say, your child needed, you know, had this rare um, disease, $3 million a dose. Fuck off. Swear to God. And- but if you go to another country, it's not that because they have those rules and regulations set in place. Right. In the United States, they take, for instance, I just had this surgery, right? And they take Oxycontin or yeah, Oxycontin and they, they mix it with acetaminophen and that's Percocet. So they sell that under this brand of Percocet, but it's really just these two things. So they do the same thing 
with multiple drugs, they start combining these two things that you might need right, together. So they can patent. Them. Yeah. And then they charge $900 instead of you just taking ibuprofen or, you know, a, a Tylenol in, in the Oxy or whatever, the five milligrams of whatever it is together, yeah. you only take one pill so they can charge you $900 for a prescription. Yeah. It's the prescription, you know, it, it's amazing the layers and it all goes back to then it's just the pharmacy, the, the insurance cost goes up. So we're just paying monthly insurance premiums higher insurance. The insurance industry is like the biggest in my opinion, in the biggest scam, but well, there's the church. Well, that is the biggest. Uh, okay, second to church. Church, then yeah. insurance. Well, church is losing a lot of. They're losing a lot of money. They're losing uh, all churches. You think that they're still doing? They're going as strong. They're just fine. Yeah, they're not. They're not running out of money. They're good. Well, they're I, okay. Didn't you just organize a church? I'm gonna. I'm thinking about yeah. it. Might as well at this yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna be the church of burden media. Yeah. But it's just the greatest burden. Yeah, there's like there's like these industries that are untouchable. Church being one of them, insurance. Insurance is and like I get it. Like insurance is a business. So I get aggravated because they won't cover something. Right? Like I need this thing and then they go, Yeah, no, we're not covering that. And it's like, fuck you, insurance. That's bullshit. I pay you. What am I paying you for? Well, I'm paying you to decide what you're gonna pay for. Right. Right, it, that it so it's that that's the catalyst of insurance. Like it's fucking annoying and it's stupid, but we're all buying into it. Like we're all like if everybody just stopped paying for it and they just put their money in escrow, and it's a good chance accounts you'd be okay. There's a good chance you'd be okay. Yeah, and then paid the lowest tier of like emergency insurance. Yeah, at like you know fifty to a hundred bucks a month for anything catastrophic. Catastrophic stuff. So that way your your deductible is like fifty thousand dollars. Or twenty five thousand dollars, or whatever it, it, whatever you can get it to, to be a certain level. Instead of it being five hundred dollars, yeah, right. And as long as it, you, you, it'll work out for most people. Like I take a prescription drug that I need for my blood that's like seven hundred bucks a month, right. So I have to pay extra for insurance, so it'll cover it. But I'm all, but the catalyst is, is I'm paying, I'm paying almost the same amount for my prescription as I am for the insurance, but at least I'm covered for all these other things. It, if something pops. In, right, in yeah. the package, You're right? Yeah. So that's the difference. Like I could either just pay for the medicine or I can pay for all these different coverages on top of it. So that's where I, you know, decide that, okay, this is the rational and reasonable thing to do. But that's me. I'm, 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 I'm in a individualized circumstance. I'm an outlier. Right. Not everybody needs that med. Not everybody needs those things. And there are other medications I could take, but then there's other things that go into it. Like there's blood testing every fucking three weeks or six weeks or whatever they end up being. It sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, it's fucking stupid. Oh my God. Yeah. But so the interesting thing with me, with my organization, right, for health insurance is on that topic is everybody gets the same exact health insurance. Yeah. There's, so whether you're single or married, have seven kids, one kid, everybody pays the same exact amount and gets the same exact health insurance. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. But when you're when you're that many people in an organization, it's it's easier it's to do easy to do. It's much easier to do that. Like we're spending a hundred thousand people. So I try and like I was talking to somebody about this today, like with my company, I'm a small company. So I could either increase your pay sixty dollars a month, mm -hmm. or I can give you a sixty dollar gas allowance that you can pay for through the through the through the business. Mm -hmm. The sixty dollar gas allowance is actually more cash in your pocket than me giving you a $60 raise a month. Correct. 
So then I'll do that, mm-hmm. right? It It's going to give you that better opportunity. I can either give you a $40 raise a month or I can provide food in the break room for you to have as snacks and food and lunches and other shit to make up for that other cost. And that's going to be more money in your pocket than if I gave you that as a raise. It's all about how people. Right. So if they don't, and like, and that's what I'm willing to do. And that's how I'm going to structure my business. And if you don't like, you don't have to work for me. Yeah. But I'm still also paying you a living wage. I'm still also making sure that you're, you're, I just know that I can give you these things without giving you a obsolete raise. Yeah. Like I can give you the idea of you're getting a raise, but you're really not because most of it's going to the government. Or I can do this other thing where I'm putting actual cash in your pocket and it's helping you in other ways. Yeah. Right. So that's how you structure your business to create a culture and help them as they grow and understand like I'm 43 and most of the people that work for me are in their 20s. So now that I'm trying to help educate them on like, okay, this is how this business runs. So that way, if I get hit by a fucking bus, they don't go wild and either close down the business or have to find other jobs, right? Like they should be able to run this business if I disappear. That means you created a business and not a job. Yeah, exactly. So, but yeah, that's what I try and do is when I'm negotiating with contractors and stuff is when, and what I found is most people that in doing what I do is they all, they typically want to look out and make sure their employees have the best benefits. Right. And what sometimes I find is some like retirement benefits end up benefiting both sides. Right. Is yeah, I could get you that 25 cents an hour additional to your pay. But if I put 25 cents an hour in a, if, uh, in an annuity for you or put it into your pension in 20, 30 years from now, that 25 cents, which you're never going to realize you're missing is going to mean so much more to you than it would be right now. Right. You know, that's what, like, for me, when I first started, my annuity contribution, an annuity is a defined contribution, and it, or defined, you know, and then there's a defined benefit, which is a pension. It was $5 an hour. So for 15 years, for every hour I worked, $5 an hour went into a savings account. 15. So I'm 40, I'll be 42 next month. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've been doing this 21 years. So I look at my annuity statement and there's $500,000 in cash in, a, in a, an account that's managed that I, you know, I'm actually fortunate. I'm one of the few people that gets to manage that money as well. But I would have never saved that money. And I am good with money. Like I would have never, ever, ever saved that much money. No. And to know like, hey, I still have 10 or 15 years. That's going to be closer to a million dollars by the time I retire. Yeah. And that's not including pensions. Like, I get to look at it and say, when I go to retire, there's this money there that most people don't even have a chance at. And I I look at it and I, I can't believe how lucky I am. I mean, it's hard work. What's, you know, luck or work, but one and the same in my opinion like you create your own luck, but well, luck is just when preparation meets opportunity. There you go. It's true. We we get a definition of luck. No, I'm just kidding. I can actually. No, no, it's okay. But it's you know, I, I look at it as I'm very fortunate. I you know, there's so many people that don't even have that opportunity, and I didn't even know that it was going to be the opportunity. And to know, like, the first week I was ready to just be like, I'm gonna go do something else, and then you look 21 years later, and you're like, holy shit. 
Wait, didn't we ask you to look up a study? Oh, yeah. Did you actually, was there actually a study? I don't remember what it was at this point. We uh, started virginity loss. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was uh, basically not really studies, but there were some surveys that said like 17 or 18. Yeah. That's the average age of 17, 18? Yeah, I guess averaging out, that makes sense. Yeah. But it still falls in the high school years. Yeah. I wonder what year that was. Did you look at the year? 2019. Which also makes sense. I think I think we're still in school. Well, 2019, kids were still in school because there was no COVID yet. I think promiscuous in boys and girls went way down. Yeah? I think it did. I'm out of that. I think with technology came a lot of internet stuff where they were doing a lot of sexting and send, sending pictures and that they were doing other things, but they were doing other things rather than actually having sex. I, I've realized how old I am. It's weird to look back and be like, wow, I'm old, you know? Yeah. But, and I think there's a lot of generation, like there's a lot of parents in those gener in the last couple of generations or last generation that were much more quote unquote friends than parents. Mm Mm-hmm. So it would have made it much more difficult for you to be having sex if your if your parents were hanging out with you at every moment and they were like your best pal. Yeah, it's true. Whereas our parents were just they had a lot of freedom because my mom worked three full time jobs. Right. Well, our parents were like go outside and play when we were little, and yeah. then it was like, oh, you're like there was no phones, there was no cell phones, there was no way of, like there's no way of tracking somebody. Yeah. Right. Like now you can track your kids. You can everywhere. Find, yeah. Find my iPhone or Life three sixty. Life three sixty. So yeah. you'll be able to know where they are. It's real hard to go parking, quote unquote. If I was at my brother's house, like, what are you doing in the woods? We were like, where's, where's Tyler? My brother pulls up his phone. Ask him why he's parked at the park. He was with his girlfriend. What are you doing at the boat ramp? You know, like, right. So I text him, you, you know, and they know because my, you know, then you get an alert. Hey, they turned it off. It's like, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. Because if that was my childhood, I don't know if my mom would have ever slept, right? Because we were always doing something. Well, that's why you have to also, as a parent, you have to adjust your expectations, and you also have to adjust for the reality of people. Like, my daughter's 15, so I still need to set boundaries for her, but I also have to, you know, loosen the reins a little bit and let her kind of hang herself and deal with the reality of the consequences that are happening in the world. For sure. Like, I can't punish you. I just have to allow the consequences to occur. And if you break the boundaries that I've set for you, there's there's a consequence, but there's not a punishment. Working on the nights and weekends and no carny rides. Boundaries. Right. Boundaries. Those those are your boundaries, not your rules. Right. Yeah. I, working on the words that I use, especially with right. the, yeah, you know, you got to be careful because if you use the wrong word. Well, communication is a huge, important thing. It's gigantic. I think that that's the reason why there's such a divide in our country, because people use words and they define them in whatever way they want to define them, and that's just not how words are supposed to work. No. I can't change the definition of the word. I can't fucking tell you how many times I get a comment of context, man, context. You're taking it out of context. No, I'm not taking it out of context. This is the definition of the fucking word, idiot. Yeah. That's how it works. You used a fucking word. I used the fucking definition of that word. That's what you said. That's what you meant. Say what you mean. Mean what you say. Stop being a fucking idiot. Or did you use the, did you use the wrong word? I will give you the opportunity sure. to say, hey, did you make a mistake? Or yeah. is that what? No, I didn't make a mistake. That's what I was saying. Well, then you used the wrong word or I'm not misunderstanding you. One of the two. One of the two. I'm either 
you either use the wrong yeah exactly you either use the wrong word or i i completely understood what you said or i completely understood what you said yeah and you're a fucking idiot yeah you pick you pick it's up to you is it, it is very possible that people don't know what words mean they don't know what they're saying right no they they hear words and they and somebody says something to them so they take it in that context and now that's what that word means to that person yes right and now that that word means that thing to that person for the rest of their existence until somebody corrects them which most people are oh, nice they're afraid to but they're nice and they don't want to call you fucking dumb to your face so they're nice and they go oh that's an interesting way to do that or say that no that's not interesting it's not interesting at all it's fucking stupid you did it wrong that's wrong that's not the word that's not how that works so i used to run into this when i was a foreman you know at 30 years old and running a crew of guys in their 50s and 60s would be like I've been doing this longer than you've been alive. Just because you've been doing it wrong for 30 years does not make it right. You've been doing it wrong. That's not right. how we do it. Like, that's wrong. So, yeah, I'd say it's very, it's... Yeah, just because you use something a certain way doesn't mean it's the right way to use it. It's not necessarily the right way it, to use using it. Using a hammer to put in screws. You can. can you do it? Sure, you, you can. can. It's not how it's supposed to be done. It's not going to be the most effective way to do it. It's, you know, and it's interesting that you use a hammer, like a screw and a nail, right? They both do the same thing. They both attach two things together, but they have completely different strengths. Right. So a screw will hold things together tight, but if you try and move it up and down, it's going to snap. And if you take a, ha a nail and you put it into a board, two things, you can separate it fairly easy, but you can't move it up and down. It's not going to break and it will keep moving and be pliable. Same you know, they have the same function, different results. So you have to use the right thing for the right, back to the word, using the right word for the right, right. definitions, the for right the right meaning. Tool. For the right job. Right. That's all. always it boils down to. Right tool, right job. This has been fun, man. This is. I'm going to do this again. I think we should do this weekly. <laughs> I do do it weekly. I know. No, it is, it is fun. It's been enjoyable. Well, yeah. Thanks for coming out. Appreciate it. No, it's fun. Hey, I'll be back again. Cool. I'll have you back. Yeah. Six months. Thanks, man. Yeah.